Hello and welcome to episode 79 of the Flames Fancast. Thursday evening uh, between games one and two of the Edmonton series. And tonight's episode is going to touch on the seven-game series against the Stars, mostly game seven, and then look at game one as well as what we think will happen in game two going forward. Jank, how are you this evening? I'm calmer than yesterday. (laughs) How are you doing? (laughs) I'm fine. You can't can't tell me that it wasn't nerve-wracking yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean... No, it was a... Well, I, I did. I watched it with you, and I said, you know, it didn't, it didn't really feel like we were going to lose. I know, but it didn't... But it didn't really feel like we won convincingly, like I wish we did, but a win's a win. Yeah. You know, the team's not really happy with the performance. I don't think Markstrom's happy with the performance, but it's still nine goals. Ed- Edmonton... <laughs> Let's talk, about, let's talk about Dallas first. I want to do the Dallas. We'll get that out of the way, and then we can talk okay. about the Edmonton well, games. Well, I, I, mean, I was at the Dallas Equally game. as nerve-wracking, if not more so, overtime game mm. seven. I think that, that game for me was way more nerve-wracking. Because, yeah. like, I was in the stands with Rick, and um, I think the energy in the room, and by the room I mean the stadium, everyone is screaming beside you. Everyone's, like, fucking nervous. Everyone's sitting there just like yelling and yeah, and like you could see the fear in everybody's eyes when like Dallas had the puck, especially in overtime. Like every shot, everyone's just like yeah. a every minor shot is shit, terrifying. A yeah. minor shit in yourself, right? Uh, a little beer spill, right? And at that point, I was fucking tanked. Like, and I was just screaming like on every shot. I'm just fucking hoping that Markstrom makes the save, right? Um, but yeah, I mean that game in general, it was so tight, and and we were dominating. We like Sutter said this in the press conference after he was like, we had like a hundred shot attempts, yeah, over a hundred. No, we played well. I mean, overtime was scary. I'm glad, oh, super glad Johnny ended it the way he did. But I I remember that Dallas chance. I can't remember who it was, but just put it wide on the kind of tip in deflection pass shot. Oh, I, mean, I, I was scared of that one. They missed that one. I thought the game was over there, right there. but I thought so too. But it's ironic that it took a Johnny impossible angle shot to score to win the series yeah. when he had all those chances during the game and Ottinger was just... It was a perfect shot. It was a perfect shot. It was shot. right in that... You, it's, know, you try that 100 times, he's doing that once. Yeah, that 12-square-inch right? like, like spot that you've got to aim for a target and... He made it the one time it counted, which is great. And, you know, the Stars just don't have much to compare with the Oilers of this series, but that Stars series was hard fought, and they played a game designed to stifle our game. You know, I think Rick, Rick Bonus came out and coached that team to play the anti-Flames hockey, and that's exactly what they did, and they took us to seven games. And at the end of the day, we were the better team, and I think we deserved to go through. We created more chances. We, we generated more offense. They had an absolutely phenomenal goalie, which kept them in it. And wow, what a series for Ottinger. And, and, and a phenomenal coach, to your point, right? I never really, I mean, I knew about Rick Bonas, but I never really appreciated the guy until I saw this series. That guy is an excellent coach. He knows how to read. The, he read us really well. If he had, let's say, a couple more better players, could have been a different series. Right? I just look at 
my, my main point of comparison is the amount of space and time that the Flames had in, against the Oilers versus the Stars. We had none of those quality chances against the Stars that we had against the Oilers in game one. In literally one that, game. That amount of space in front of the net that we were afforded. <laughs> I, I don't even know. I, fuck. I, 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 my, my explanation I'm thinking in my head is that the Oilers just came out and said, we're going to play our game. We're not going to play anything against the Flames. And yeah. that cost them. That, oh, we, got, we got a problem. No, no, it's okay. It's, it's just saying I need to sign in. To we had a recording, ID. recording faux pas last time. We no, I know. This it, is but. okay. I press cancel. We're, we're good. We're good. I'm like resident IT here. See, it's still recording. Yeah, I just don't want to. You, know, you don't want to. You don't want to lose. I don't want to lose. Podcast gold. No, because when you re-record it, you know, like doing it again, it's just, it's not the same. <laughs> like, got to get it all out now. Yeah, but um, I mean that's the stars. The way they were coached was basically perfect. to a man. Everybody yeah. knew their job, and everybody was doing their job well. It, it's a testament to their D as well. I think their I, D is really. I good. don't think it would have been as noticeable if it wasn't uh, if Ottinger didn't play as well as he played. But the fact that he did and he kept them in those games, it allowed them to play like that, and it gave them the belief that they could play like that against us. And they took us to Game Seven. I mean, it makes such a big difference when your goalie's so good. Yeah, that confidence that you get from like your goalie making unreal saves, you're always like, "Fuck, we have a chance! Like we actually have a chance to win this game because this guy's stopping everything, right?" And, and I think the Flames felt a lot of first round pressure to win, yeah, because of the expectations mounted on them, and you know we needed to get to a second round series. It's been Edmonton a long time. Edmonton had done it the night before against LA. They felt pressure and they rose to the occasion. I can't. They. They made it an exciting series. Uh, you know, it wasn't good for my blood pressure, but I think it was good for the club, and it felt like we got a monkey off the back. And there was, uh, we mentioned this last episode too, but it, there was more riding on the game from an organizational standpoint too, right? Imagine we had lost, and all the news starts coming out that, for example, Johnny's not staying, and then we got to re-sign these guys, and then it's like, well, Manji Pani only wants one year, and then, you're going to have this, like, domino effect of, like... Disaster. Like, yeah, we're going to sit there, and we have to rebuild this bullshit, and then now we got to wait again. And it's not, it's not going to be a surprise if, for example, that happened, and then Sutter helped rebuild the team, and we make the playoffs again. But it's just a lot of shit that the organization didn't need. I felt like we avoided an entire reshuffling of what we have, which is a big win for us, too. So I think there's a lot of pressure. Not, I'm not saying it's gone. I'm just saying it's definitely alleviated. Yeah. From top to bottom. Right? There's relief. Yeah. There is relief. So, but yeah, like I have a newfound appreciation for the defense on Dallas. I think their defense, I underrated it for sure. But that, they, were, they were solid, man. As much as I didn't really like them, it's, they were he, solid. Iskinen, that Iskinen, guy. like the guy's good shifty. Player. He's good, good man. He's got good hands. Turn on a dime. Uh, but anyway, it was a good series. And I, I, honestly, I think both teams like left that series going, okay, the better team won. It was a hard-fought battle. There's, you know, there's nothing more to say. Move on, right? So There is nothing more to say. Glad I mean, we won. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about Tanev for a second. I think he was hurt game, game six, correct? He's her game six. He missed yeah. game one of the Oilers series. He missed game seven, obviously. But you said to me off air 
It's a Andy. rumor. It's a rumor. Okay. It's a total rumor. <laughs> you know, I, but it's a, apparently, apparently, um, dislocated shoulder. Uh, but I don't know, right? And He was a full I, participant <laughs> in Thursday's practice, but he didn't play Thursday. And, you know, to be clear, I read this on Twitter. But the re- most reliable source of all information ever. E- ever. And when Elon Musk buys it, I'm sure it'll be even more reliable. Um, so, yeah, like, I think there's something going on there. But he had, I think it's kind of bullshit because he did the full practice, like, literally days later. So, having been someone that's popped his shoulder out over 40 fucking times and not fully dislocated it, I can only imagine what that pain's like. And your arm's got to be in a fucking sling. I'm not a fucking doctor, but because I've done that fucking injury, I can fucking tell you with 100% confidence that his arm should be in a fucking sling. So I'm kind of not believing the rumor. Um, but, you know, like, at the same time, like, sometimes these guys want to spread this information because you kind of want to fuck the with the other team. It's the playoffs. Like, I kind of, you know, I respect it, but... You know, the fact that he's practicing means either that he's getting some treatment for whatever it is, or, you know, like he's like, he's kind of like, you know, it's not so bad guys. Like, just give me some shots. We're good to go. So, uh, that's what I read, but Michael Stone's filled in fairly well. Yeah. Like, I mean, look, we could have probably used Tanev yes, uh, yesterday's game. Use Tanev, yeah. yeah. Like there was certainly a fire drill-esque action going on in our end usually same with the Oilers end uh but yeah we could but stone's great and stone's shot as we always say is one of his is his biggest asset for us and he's fucking physical taking out some of the big guys too right so it just adds to our size and we just can't do you think tanev's back for game two i hope so and if tanev's back do we revert to seven and eleven or do we go six six and I think 12. we stick with six and maybe I, I don't want to say this because I really like him, but I wouldn't mind scratching Shillington for a game. He's not, it's hard to explain, but he's not like, there's something Setting about the world him on fire. Yeah. There's some about him that he's just kind of like, he's like a ticking time bomb with the puck. Like, I feel like every time he has the puck, I'm, I'm kind of on the verge of shitting myself again. And I know I've been saying that I'm shitting myself twice in this podcast, but I'm not there yet. But, you know, like, it's, it's kind of like, I, I don't, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to see my players out there fucking like hot potatoing the fucking puck every single time he has He it. does seem to have that awful wobble and that lack of puck control. And, you know, ever since you mentioned it to me, it's been grossly noticeable. I'm looking for it. And it's like, that's just an awful control. I think that's everyone looks awful, for it, though. You know, f- reception of that pass. And- but everyone in the game, in the Dallas game that I was at, you, every time he touched the puck, everyone's like, oh, well, fuck. Well, I mean, right? I feel like that's on... <sighs> I feel like a bit of that's on coaching. Coaching has to coach him out of that. He's a skilled hockey player who's better than that. But something's going on mentally. You know, maybe he's impacted by Goudreau yelling at him and, you know, it's on national TV. I guess. These things affect people. I know, but the only way to really learn that shit is to keep playing, right? Yeah, but, you you know, have a coach sit you down and be like, listen, Oliver. (laughs) (laughs) 
Or Olivier. What do you want to be? <laughs> You've got to... You're better than this. I know you're better than this. You can do better than this. And whatever it is in your head, just let it go. <laughs> yeah, like, listen, dude. You know. I don't think we'll scratch him. I think it'll either be, you know... And Richie, Richie scored. But... Again. You know, but Richie, but that was a total energy, like, grind. I'm just going to fucking try to get that bounce. And he did, and he just got it past Smith, right? It was a horrible shot. But who gives a fuck? I right? don't. It was like, it was just one of those. did exactly what I wanted Smith to do this game. <laughs> Two goals, and before the first minute is up. You know, yeah, Mike Smith, was... he's always, once a flame, always a flame, man. It's, it was such an ideal start. But yet... I still had that feeling the whole game until we made it like nine, six that I was like, you know, it's not over. And the funny thing is like, remember you were saying you're going to message our buddy. Yeah. And I was like, don't do it. It's just, it wasn't even at three, nothing. I'm like, ah, it's, these are the it, Sidney Crosby said this actually to, um, what's his fucking face? The ball guy that was on TSN, uh, Pierre Maguire. I think it was that it was the year of that series when Pittsburgh and F the Philadelphia were playing. But it was like, I think it was, uh, anyway, it was like maybe the last few games away. He was saying it was like 4 nothing in the first period. He's like, I hate these games. Like, he went up to Pierre Maguire, like, at the intermission. He's like, I hate these games. Yeah, you're kind of not into Bec it. Yeah, because at, four, at 3 or 4 nothing that early, dude, you, you don't know how to set the tone. You know, we, we went up so fast, so early, we started to play to their level. Exactly. And then all of a sudden, it's 3-1, and then it's 4-1, and then it's 5-1, and then it's... 5-2, and then it's 6-2, and then yeah. it's 6-6. Six, six. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, It's like, what huh. the fuck is going on? Yeah. And, you know, I'll start, let's start with goaltending. And I'll start with the one thing that I liked about this game was that we lit up both <laughs> goaltenders. Like, there's no escaping the fact that, that you, both of you guys sucked, and yeah. you got lit up by us in game one. You know, you can't preserve one guy and put the other guy in because Edmonton doesn't have the same situation as us. And yes, they lit up Markstrom too, but Markstrom got the win. And yeah. Markstrom knows he's starting the next game. <laughs> you know, that's Mike Smith. You know why this, this Edmonton coach is coming out today saying Mike Smith is starting? So Mike Smith can mentally prepare and he knows that everybody knows that he's in net. Yeah. And then, you know, if we score early again, it's, this series is over. I'm calling it now. Oh, that's, a, that's a big take. If we score early, like in the first two minutes, we get one and it's a Mike Smith howler especially. It's a big take. I'm getting absolutely plastered tomorrow, first of all, and then I'm just going to we're we're through. But. Oh Jesus. Okay. The well, other thing I want to talk about if you want to add anything. No, I don't. I don't. I just like lighting both of those up. The other thing I wanted to talk about <laughs> is obviously Markstrom and his worst game of the playoffs easily. He in my opinion in the Dallas game, he was kind of always he was letting in not you don't want to say a soft one, but one that he kind of wishes like, yeah, I could have done better on that. Yeah. I, I do really want that one back. The Edmonton game, there were a number of soft ones. A number of soft ones that went in that were like, This is not your best performance. You're not helping us out any here. But I mean, I mean that's a bit unfair to criticize him like that because he's carried the team for large parts of the season. But it's playoffs and you need everyone to be at their best, especially your goalie. If there's a guy that deserves to have the team win a game for him, it's him. Yeah. And that uh, happened last night. Yeah. Because, so. like, come on. He's, he's saved so many games for us in the, in the regular season. 
like especially the first third of the season, there were a lot of games where he was getting fucking shot up and it didn't matter. Like he, he stopped everything. He has what? Nine shutouts on the season, right? Yeah. So you can't got one in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's, it's totally okay. If anything, that's probably going to give him confidence, right? It's like, okay, fuck. You know what? I, I think These the, guys have uh, me if I fucking shit the I think this the game bed. is behind everybody now. This yeah, is an I mean, anomaly. you don't think about you know, it anymore. Yeah. We have shifted. If we look at this game and we, we take the key points and we say, listen, look at this time and space that Edmonton is giving us. These defensemen are not Haskinen. They're not Klingberg. They're not whatever other fuckwads Dallas have. Like, we're, we're going to be okay, I think. And it, we were... We were relentless our pressure was relentless and when we rolled those four lines edmonton couldn't handle it you know we're deeper our depth way deeper and we'll get on to this in a bit but i mentioned that about halfway through the second there's like dry was pretty much invisible and then he goes and scores that power play goal that trademark goal that he scores but you know you think he's injured yeah, I mean, but is, and like, I was kind of thinking about that too. Is that a function of us isolating him really well? Or is it, is he injured? I mean, the goal that he scored, it was, I mean, look, I'm not going to take credit away from either McDavid or Dreisaitl. Like, these guys are fucking unreal good players, right? But they're good. They're fucking unreal. They're, they are the threats. Like, if you isolate them, you have a good chance. But like, that goal that Dreisaitl scored, did, he didn't look injured there. Like, that was a perfect shot. And he just looked good. But, yeah, like, I think these guys, the second they get exposed, it's, it almost looks like you need to make an excuse for them because they're that good. It's like, wow, like, either we're really isolating these guys or there's some fucked up with them. But, like, even when you watch McDavid, you know, he's doing those. His trademark is essentially that get the puck in the middle of the ice and start just putting the jets on and then get your arm out, try to go around the defender. And then do that. But our defenders have figured that out. They, they keep kind of like, they, they're able to jockey him to the side. They, they figured it out, which is good because that's one of his plays. Well, but, I mean, we did give him the puck but in the we, slot. But yeah, and score. that was going to be my next point is that you can't, you can play really well against the Nick David for 95% of the game, but he only needs 5% to score. So it, the, the focus on that guy has to be, like it infallible. It has to be hundred percent. And if there's anyone that you're going to take a gamble on, it has to be him in that play there where McDavid scored free in the slot there. Zadorov fucked up. Zadorov needed to just take the risk, let the guy go behind the net and then make sure he's covering McDavid anyway. Cause you know, he's the pass force the other fucking guy to make the play. If it's Nuge or, or fucking like, Yamamoto. you know, Yamamoto, I don't give a fuck. Let them do it because I'd rather take, I'd rather them take a shot because their odds, their percentages of scoring versus McDavid are substantially lower. Yeah. I'm not saying they won't, but you play the percentages, right? So, I mean, I'm the fucking moron here. I'm not coaching the flames. That's just what well, I see. Well, there were some right? times in there out there where I was questioning our fourth line is out against McDavid and we all know that's what Sutter's going to do. Yeah. But I think in the first game, when you're showing that faith in your squad, the whole squad, Edmonton notices that. And that, that, that prevailing feeling is not on the Edmonton bench. There's no way. And that's the thing. Like Edmonton has fallen back to that bad habit of triple shifting McDavid and Dreisaitl. Go for it. Go for it. But they have to. But they shouldn't be doing it. So the last coach got fired basically because of that. And then when he got fired, 
guys like fucking uh, da- uh, whatever uh, Chris Russell, uh, Ryan, all these guys like were coming out and they were kind of hinting at like if you don't trust the whole team, the team's not going to play for you. Meaning, play us all fucking our times that we deserve, and then the whole team will play. So I'm just saying to your point, when you give the fourth line that kind of fucking faith, you're you're giving the whole team morale. The whole team is like galvanized at that point. Right? I don't. I don't. I think every single player on that bench is playing for Sutter. He's still got. That's it. what I'm saying. He's got another year and a half left in the half life. Yeah. But right now we're in Sutter prime. Jack Adams nominee. Yeah, yeah, we like, didn't mention that. Yeah, Sutter Prime right now. You, this is it. This is our chance, and it's tough. I'm telling you, man. And like, no matter what happens, Sutter's a fucking legend. Because think about this, man. He was fucking at his cattle farm for fucking what two, three years. Like you know, he sending 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 cows to the fucking slaughterhouse, getting their fucking heads cut off, just hanging out. Like, you know, fucking selling beef to people. We're going to have a massive shortage here soon, so get your beef. Like, and it's like, he gets a fucking call from the Flames, and they're like, you want to coach? He's like, yeah, all right. And now look at him. He brings this team to the playoffs. He's got everybody firing at all cylinders to the best of their ability. He's a Jack Adams fucking nominee. Like, this guy's a fucking legend, man. I wish I was like this guy. I could just go fuck off for a few years, and they just call me back and be like, yeah, okay. And then just dominate. It's unreal, man. He deserves that sh- little shout-out rant. He does deserve Yeah, he's great. Anyway. And I mean, I like... Generally... I mean, aside from seeing a couple fourth lines against McDavid and, you know, getting a bit scared, I think he's doing the right thing and he's going to stick with the plan and he sticks with his principles. And I like it. I mean, when you abandon all of that, your team notices and... How are they going to buy into that again if you're not into it, right? You're not committed to that. And Sutter is, and Sutter's playing that way. And, you know, I think Dallas played that way for their coach, and it was obvious. And Edmonton, (laughs) we just have to play the way we can. And when we play the way we can, I don't think it's going to be that close for this team because I think we're a deeper squad, we're a better squad. I, I'm pretty sure, aside from two players, we're better up and down the roster. And like defense is where I think we can really shine. We need to be better on that. We do need to be better on that, shipping six goals. But Our, our potential of, on defense is much better than what we showed. But I think th- there was an energy in that, in that game that doesn't get felt in any other game because it's against your rival, right? The energy in the stadium, the energy on the players, like... Even the trash talk, it's next level, as we saw with Kachuk. <laughs> Did you ever get that transcript of what they said in no, the penalty box? No, I'm, I'm kind of hoping John Boy does it, because John Boy is a fucking genius with that stuff. If everyone doesn't know, John Boy, look at YouTube and write John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y. He does amazing, amazing lip reading with baseball games, and he will do the odd hockey and soccer, whatever. I'd imagine he'll do it. And that uh, it was hilarious. that little rubbing of the fingers together. You want some money? You yeah, want some money? Like, dude, it's not going to stop. It's uh, no, and it's, you can just see on Kane's face. He's like, I got a career of this now. Yeah. <laughs> and seven games against Kachuk being like, hey, I know. And then Kachuk's just wanting him to do like the absolute cheap shot to get a suspension. Right. Because that's just one less good player on the Edmonton Oilers that's going to play. I mean, look, we got them rattled. 
were hitting McDavid and not caring, right? Lucic had a great hit on him, clean. Nothing wrong with that hit. Everybody started chasing, can't do shit. Guy's a fucking machine, man. What are you going to do? You're going to punch Lucic? He's going to punch you back. You better, <laughs> so you better get him good the first fucking time because when he hits you, you're fucking lights out, right? Cassian was very ineffective physically, right? I don't know what happened with his injury, but ever since his injury, he's been like half the physical player that, you know, I would normally would expect out of him. And then like, you know, when you do hit McDavid or Dreisaitl, it's like you, you rattle them enough. It's not going to be the Jerome McGinley effect. When Jerome would get into a fight or get hit, all of a sudden Jerome McGinley was like level fucking 10 Jerome McGinley, like out of nowhere. If you recall, and I do recall, and it was scary. It, it Everybody just so happens I am a bit of a Flames fan, and I I watch Jerome again play a couple this games. Microphone up your ass. That's what I'm gonna do. Every now and then, you know, yeah, yeah, I've seen one. I've seen him get in a fight and play after. Yeah. Should we dive into the your favorite thing to do? I mean, it is our show. We can do what we want. We, we don't, you want to dive into the advanced stats that I sent you today? Uh, let's do it, because I liked. I remember talking to you. Near the end of the second or midway through the second, I was like, I want to know the XG. The XG. And you told me it was about, we were 2.84 and they were 0.84 or something. At that point. Yeah. I can't remember which and we had break. And we had six goals and they had two or something. I was like, okay. So the cumulative expect, oh, Jesus. These are really one-sided. Uh, EG, cumulative. By the end of the game... It looked like we were at 5.24 and the Oilers were at 2.21. So quite a, quite a Expected difference. Expected goals? Yeah. Yeah, 5.24. Okay, yeah, because I yeah. forgot for a second there that we actually scored nine. Yeah, also. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you, and they did a thousand game simulations based on the stats of that game, the Flames will win 83% of the time. Yeah. Oilers 17. Um, what else? We got expected goals. So who do you think of all the players on the Flames had the most expected goals? Well, I looked at it, and it's, it's Coleman, isn't it? No. It wasn't. It's Goudreau? Nope. Lindholm or Kachuk? It's Kachuk at yeah. 1.28. Coleman second? No, Manjipane at 1.24. Jan Crook. Jan Crook was high, yeah. But yeah, he yeah. did well. He did yeah. well. That was his best game. And, and by the way, you and I, I did too. You did more, but I did a little bit. But you did way more. You 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 deserve this. Coleman played amazing. He did. But again, I'm I'm very happy to be wrong. It's about <laughs> fucking time Coleman played like this in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, sure I w- there. He did a lot of things right in the Dallas series. But I'm expecting more now. I'm expecting more from Toffoli. Yeah, Toffoli again. My I'm, expectations yeah. of these players have gone up, and they need to elevate their game. Like Coleman needs to play like Coleman of Tampa Bay. That's why we signed him. That's why we signed him. We need that. We need that from Coleman. Toffoli has cup-winning experience. That needs to come out. That secondary scoring needs to fire, and it did in Game 7. Toffoli scored in Game 7 against Dallas, but it can't just stop. It can't dry up and appear, you know, once every seven games. Yeah. And the final stat here, uh, so they have this real-time tracker. This is moneypuck.com, by the way. Uh, they got this tracker of the chance of the Flames winning the game, like basically throughout the game, every minute. And we were basically hovering at 78% until, 
when they tied the game, but we were still at 52% to win the game. And then after that, once we started scoring a bunch again, we ended up at around, oh, we were at 95% by the time we were at 8-6. So the stats are just lopsided in our favor, but I don't think Sutter cares. The players care. Sutter's looking at the stats. But Sutter, you know, Sutter's sneaky, eh? The like statistical he, game is favorable for us, he except loves, for goal. He tending. actually loves the advanced stats. He just doesn't really talk about it. But then he'll name drop some shit on, like, a conference, and you'll be like, what? Sutter <laughs> doesn't really talk about much. No, he just, I, I love him. He's so simple. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, I could use a game that isn't going to result in 15 goals, but unless it's 15 nothing for us. Uh, but what do you think next game tomorrow? I want 10. They chanted that. We want 10. They chanted that a little early. They chanted that at 3 nothing. And <laughs> look, what, look what fucking happened. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, look, I just want us to be tighter defensively. I, I want a Markstrom rebound. Like, we've got used to, like, even in the season, when you have a bad game like this, you come out the next game, you'd be fine, right? Um, but it just, again, you know what? I'm just interested to see what the Oilers are going to bring. Because I, I, I know what change, we're going to bring. They're going to change their game completely. They have to. If and they I, don't, then they're in trouble. I do feel like at one point, either in game two or three, I feel like we're in for a bit of one of those Flames floozy games. And I do think, I, I hope I'm wrong here, but I think Smith will actually play well next game. I don't. I think he will. So we definitely have to be on our horse. I think, I think we're fairly well embedded under their skin after game one. Yeah. And. Well, we're definitely under Kane's skin. Listen, I think Mike, Smith, the Mike Smith just played 14 days in a row every other day, 40 years old. Yeah, that's not ideal. Got a little bit of a rest last night, but bringing Koskinen, by all means, like, go ahead. Um, I mean, we're just, we're just banging pucks on this guy, like, nonstop. The chances, the space that we were afforded and the opportunities we were given and the chances that we created, <sighs> You see, like, four or five of those in the Dallas game. You're seeing those regularly in the Edmonton game. And, you know, I don't know if it's going to be a trend for the series. It's going to be a, you know, wild, wild west here. But I'm just curious to see what kind of game Edmonton brings tomorrow. Because I think we're going we're gonna to bring it still tomorrow. We're at home. The dome's going to yeah. be rocking. We'll have that energy. You know, game three, you could see a bit of a sag. But... I, I wonder how Edmonton is going to respond, and that's my main, well, I think, my like, main question for this. I definitely think they're going to... I think they, they have to try to change it up. If they don't try to change it up, I think that's a, that's a major mistake on their part because what they're doing, and if you have a good Markstrom day, it's not going to... It's going to be quite terrible for you. So A good Markstrom day is just a good day. I can see we them, need a good Markstrom day. I can day. see them employing the trap and just countering us. Because we're just better on paper and depth, right? Like, last game, 28 shots to 48. We had 20 more shots than these guys, right? And I think a win... And they had 20 giveaways. 20 giveaways. Right. 20 giveaways to our eight. <laughs> like, that is... Uh, yeah, a little dicey. That's amazing coaching. I, I'm, sure. I am guilty of not even knowing the Edmonton coach's name. Oh, uh, <laughs> you, I don't like that you asked me because I actually know his name, but now that you put me on the spot, I can't remember his name. 
Good thing I have a computer right beside me. Dallas Eakin. No, it's That's the last coach I remember. It's Todd Gull- McClellan. It's Gullitson. <laughs> he is a coach. No, it's uh, Wood- Woodcroft. Um, What's his first name? Jay Woodcroft. Jay. Um, <laughs> I mean, but, okay, but in fairness, you know, he kind of, I don't know if there's like, there's always going to be like this bit of that like morale bump when you get a new coach sometimes, but like, I don't want to underestimate him at this point. And, and from a purely coaching perspective, he looked very exposed in that game. Today he did. Well, sorry, yesterday he, he did. But I, and he did the fundamental things right. But he, in I fairness, don't know if you saw the same thing that I saw. But when he called that timeout, they weren't talking to anybody. Yeah, They were I mean, just kind of skating around, looking at things. I would bring the people in. Look, you man, know. sometimes you just need to not say fucking shit, right? Sometimes you got to let these players fuck. They know, man. Think about it this way. If someone time, you know you're playing like shit. If you're a professional athlete, you fucking know when you're playing like shit. So all you need is just everyone to just kind of like sit there in their fucking like guilt and be like, okay. Like, does it really help you in a situation? Music's about to start. Does it help you in a situation where basically the coach is fucking yelling at you? He's like, you fucking suck. Get your shit together. You're fucking letting Smitty like hang dry in front of these fucking shots, blah, blah. Like, these guys know. Right? He employed one tactic out of two. Either you yell at them or you don't say shit. Didn't work. Or if you're Gullitson, you throw your stick and then your team rates it. They rate it and they joke about you and then you know that they don't respect you. Gully. Gully. Gully, man. That was an 8 out of 10 throw. It was a good one. I mean, you know, it, it, anyway, I'm expecting him to try something completely different. I'm excited. I want to see the response. Um... I hope that, you know, I, I feel like it's a statement game for the Flames to go 2 nothing up, win both games at home, really put the pressure on Edmonton for Game 3. I feel like we're going to fizzle a bit for Game 3, but, hey, anything can happen. But, you know, a, a win tomorrow would be a perfect start to the weekend. A perfect start. That'd be great. And I want to feel like I did in Game 1, where we, I never felt like we were going to lose that game. I just had that feeling where it's just like, no, nah, we're, we're, we're good enough that we're going to carry it through. We're getting our chances. We're doing enough things right here. We're going to make it. And, you know, Markstrom had a bad game. The team propped him up. Yeah, and I think that's going to do wonders for his confidence for sure. If you're saying to me, how often does Markstrom have two bad games in a row? Not often. Maybe once a season? Yeah, uh, I don't think maybe it's a little more than again. that. Maybe a little more than that. Bad, bad games. Yeah. Not a howler like this. That was bad. Um, Interesting, by the way, the giveaway stats uh, on the Flames, the most giveaways done by one player is Kachuk, which was two. But then if you look at the Oilers, I didn't expect these guys to... I mean, I guess they have the most time on the ice, but McDavid had the most giveaways on the team at four. Yeah, McDavid had a really sloppy pass, I remember, yeah. that was right to a Flames player. Nuge had three, Kane had three, McLeod had two, Drysaddle had two. Like, these are your... Keith had two. That's I not... thought Kane's just giving away gambling tips. <laughs> oh, man. You know, Bill Burr's coming to town. You should uh, apply to be the opening act. <laughs> I would fucking not pay any money to see that. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Let's hope they uh, bring the energy tomorrow. The same energy that we saw. Tighter goaltending, tighter D. I mean, I try not 10. to let us try not to let us shit our pants. 
Tyler wants 10. I don't want any more stressful fucking games. My heart can't handle this bullshit anymore. No more, man. That's all, that's all I got. You got anything else? Nah. Nah, it's good. It is. Uh... The fact that we got another episode out in such a short time span between the last episode. It is playoffs. You gotta, you gotta yeah, step we, up we, to we the gotta plate. Step up you the gotta plate. step we up your we game. Didn't step, we we start off horribly. Like the Flames, you gotta we're, perform. But we're redeeming ourselves. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, I'm super excited for Friday. So get yourself ready for that game. It's a late start, eight thirty Mountain. Yep. Weird, but hey, it's gonna be fun. Um, I know that's what I'll be thinking about pretty much all day tomorrow. So. Wherever you're watching or wherever you're listening from, thanks so much. You have yourselves a great morning, good afternoon, and fantastic evening. Bye-bye.